In Romans chapter 6, when Paul says baptism, he doesn't really mean baptism. On this episode of Between the Lines. You keep using that word. I don't think it means what you think it means. Well, what a great clip from a great movie. Hey, welcome to Between the Lines. I'm Peter LaRuffa kicking off this episode with a clip from the movie The Princess Bride from Eningo Montoya. When we read Romans chapter 6, verses 3 and 4, we read these words. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. And here's what you need to realize as you read those words. When you read the word baptized in verse 3 or baptism in verse 4, I do not think it means what you think it means. You see, we can't help but think of what comes to our minds when we see the word when we see the word baptism, right? We're thinking about an event that we take place in. We might be thinking about our own baptism experience as believers or uh, something we typically see take place in the front of a worship center in a baptistry or maybe in a body of water like an ocean. I was baptized in the ocean or uh, maybe in a lake or a river or maybe in a, a friend's pool. We're picturing a baptistry or a baptism experience, but that's not what Paul has in mind here. Because as we've said in episodes past, the primary use of the word baptizo uh, in the first century Greek culture, in Koine Greek, it's really not a spiritual word. It just means to plunge or to dip or to immerse. So when we're reading Romans 6 verses 3 and following, we should kind of read it like this. I'm not saying it's been translated poorly. I'm just saying this is what should come to our minds as we're reading it. Do you not know that all of us who have been immersed into Christ Jesus were immersed into his death? Meaning all of us who have had our lives radically changed by the gospel, all of us who have been saved from above, who have been given the gift of faith in Christ Jesus, being immersed into Christ that we've been immersed into his death. It's not water baptism that's at picture here, uh, or that's on the mind of Paul here as he pens these words, not at all. It's the spiritual reality of what it means to be saved, to have been immersed into Christ Jesus, that every fiber of our being has been deeply affected and changed and impacted by the gospel. And that's what water baptism is depicting. Water baptism is the lesser pointing to something greater. It's pointing to a greater reality in the heavens, a greater spiritual reality that those of us who are in Christ, those of us who are believers, understand and celebrate. And we are reminded that we have inherited uh, by the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ all of the benefits that we receive as a result of his death on the cross at Calvary. We receive the benefits of God the Father being satisfied in Christ the Son, satisfied in the payment that he paid on our behalf, so that we've been immersed into Christ Jesus because we put our faith into him, we have received, we've been immersed into his death, and we received all the all the benefits, all the glories of Calvary are ours because of the faith that we have been given in Christ Jesus. Verse 4, we were buried therefore with him by baptism into death. Once again, we've been buried uh, with him by immersion into his death. Not immersion into the baptism waters. No, no. It's, it's We've been buried therefore with him by being immersed into his death. So we receive the benefits of his substitutionary atoning death on the cross. 
We receive the benefits of his death. We receive the benefits of his resurrection. Just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. So when someone is immersed in baptism, all of that is illustrated. When someone goes from being dry to wet in baptism, all of that is illustrated. The person is, we're seeing somebody change right before our eyes, but it's just a little, just a little picture. That's what the ordinance is supposed to be for, right? Like, like when we celebrate the Lord's Supper, it's a little picture of the marriage supper of the Lamb, just a little piece of bread, a little cup of wine or of grape juice, just a little picture of the marriage supper of the Lamb that is to come. This is just a little picture in baptism that we have of the great and glorious reality of what Christ has done in the lives of all of those who believe. But think about what was illustrated. This is what I wanted to point out to our people as we celebrated baptism on Baptism Sunday. Every fiber of this person's being is at least in some degree impacted by their being baptized by immersion in water. All the five senses are at play, right? They're, they're going to have to wipe their eyes. They're not going to see exactly the same as they did before they went under the water as they do when they come up. There's going to be water coming out of their ears. They're going to have that, I've just been under the water smell on their nose, right? That that smell you get, even if you're not like choking on water, but you still, you still get that little bit of smell because a little bit of water gets in there when you're swimming in a pool or the ocean. They're going to have that feeling. They're going to taste the the, the water on their lips. They're certainly going to feel it in every part of their body from head to toe. It's a reminder that the grace of God so greatly impacts us and changes the way that we interact with the environment around us. Like the person's going to be a little chillier when they're done, when they come out of the water. And the particular use of baptizo in this verse is uh, the, the, the meaning, it's nuanced. It's the introduction or placing of a person or thing into a new environment with something else so as to alter its condition or its relationship to its previous environment or condition. Now, that's a long definition. It's basically just saying that the introduction of this person uh, into this new environment will will forever change or alter its relationship to its previous environment. And that's what we see depicted for us in water baptism. It's pointing to the much greater baptism, the greater immersion that we experience as we have been plunged into all the glories of Calvary because of the grace and mercy of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so if you're listening to this and you're a believer, it's my hope and prayer that as you participate, even as a spectator in baptism, that you would be reminded perhaps of your baptism experience, but that you would be reminded of something so much greater. And that is what has taken place as you've been plunged into Christ Jesus, plunged into his death and received all the benefits that come attached with the substitutionary death and atoning death of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And if you're not a believer, and you're listening to this, I would implore you to come to Christ. And you might say, I don't even know what that means. Well, let me see if I can just briefly explain it to you. You see, we are all sinners. We're sinners by nature and we're sinners by choice. Uh, None of us are perfect and none of us can live up to the holy, righteous standard of God the Father. And so God in his grace and his mercy sent his son who lived a perfect life and then died on the cross and bore within his own body, within his own soul, the wrath that would be headed for sinners like you and like me. He paid the price on the cross that you and I would pay in an eternal death in hell. And if we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, we have been plunged into his death and we receive the benefits of the payment that he paid for us at Calvary 
and we go free because he paid it in full. And because he rose from the grave, we defeat death. Or certainly we still physically die, but that's just a uh, that's just an opportunity for us to leave this life and to enter eternity with Christ. And if you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, biblical faith, F-A-I-T-H, forsaking all, I trust him. Lay aside whatever you're putting your hope in. Lay aside your good deeds outweighing your bad deeds. Lay aside your religious acts. Lay aside all of those things. And just claim what Jesus Christ paid on the cross as your payment for your sins. If you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be saved. And if you repent of your sin and turn and be faithful to him, not perfect, he doesn't expect you to be perfect, but if you turn and you're faithful to him and you believe that what he did was sufficient for you, you, friend, shall be saved. Whoever calls in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved. There is one name under heaven and on earth by which men and women, boys and girls, young and old can be saved, and that is the name of our Lord and Savior, our King, our Redeemer, and our very best friend, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ.